Guys, what's going on, man? Welcome back to the Arsenio Buck Show, and oh my goodness gracious, man, welcome back to what is a very, a very a special edition of what I've had to overcome here in Thailand. Guys, it is the sixth year anniversary. I gotta get, boy, I had to jump up just a little bit because you guys don't understand what I've had to go through here. You know what? First and foremost, I'm grateful for the entire process. You know, when I first came here to Thailand, I truly believe that Thailand was one of those places that would be very, very welcoming. I really, I was under the impression that they would say, oh, you know what, we really welcome, uh, we welcome these people, we welcome that, and coming from Australia and going to Thailand, I seriously believe that these people were remarkably open-minded. And you know what, that's because I visited tourist destinations. But I'm very grateful that I saw what I had to see because I ended up coming here. If I had saw the ugly side of Thailand then, I would not be where I am today. So that's number one. May 13th. Oh, my God. When I, lay, when I made landfall, I didn't know about the airport link. I didn't know about anything. But you know what? Two friends that I had at the time. One's name was Mook. The other one's name was Ploy. We... Ended up meeting, of course, at my hotel. These are my first very two Thai friends. They could barely even speak English. But now, of course, they speak probably three to four languages. Very, very big shout out to them and all that they are accomplishing in their lives. But man, I was just a kid. I was a kid. Guys, I'm getting ready to turn 31. Of course, I'm going to do a nice little year in review of the last 365 days. But man, I cannot stress enough what I've had to become. Over these last six years. When I came here, I was a baby. I was a goddamn... I was a child. I was here open arms. The most open-minded human being you could ever imagine. And then shit hit the fan. Real quick. Was I ready? I wasn't even close. I didn't know what was going on, to be honest with you. But at that same token, I said... Throughout this process... Of course, in 2013... I took... My very, very first leap of faith. And what do I mean by that? What do you mean by the leap of faith, Arsenio? Well, I basically, I'm talking about leaving a job that I knew was going to take all my money away. That I knew wasn't going to pay me a goddamn dime for 60 days. I knew that I had to get the hell out of that specific area. And that was when I took my first big, gigantic leap of faith. So, write that down, guys. You gotta take the leap of faith. That thing that's telling you not to go, you need to go. Because if I had stayed at that job, oh my goodness, the well-being, everything about me, I mean, it could have been just, who knows, who knows. I mean, as, as negative as I was and living in a province that was beyond racially infested, they hate black people out there in the southeast of Thailand. And so what I had to do, I had to pick my shit up and I went to the other side and guess what? It was even worse in the south of Thailand. Oh my goodness gracious. And you know what? I'm standing here with just all smiles, just up and preaching because guess what? It's it's that anniversary, right? I forgot what that song uh, that song was. It's your anniversary. And some of you out there in America know what I'm talking about. And you know what? I do apologize for the drilling. These fools have been drilling the last six hours, but I'm not going to let any of that bullshit stop me. And I'm going to go to the top of this condominium and I'm going to do a Facebook Live while I'm at it too. So anyways, you guys stay tuned for that. Instagram TV, you guys know, you guys know where it's at. You make sure that you get on there. It's going to be a little rundown of what this is, but this is more of the extended version because when I went down, let's get back on topic. When I get down, when I got down to the south of Thailand, yeah, they were very nice. They were very nice for about, I'd say about 72 to 96 hours. Yeah, 
They were much nicer than the southeast side. Man, the southeast side is just pure rubbish. Okay, when I went down to the south, I said, man, these people might be all right. These people might be all right. But the next thing you know, first day of class, oh, my God, my students were calling me a Nico. What's a Nico? That is equivalent to the N-word out there in America. I didn't know what it was until about three years later. But why were they calling me that? It's funny because when I looked at myself and I looked at him, he was darker than me, but yet he was calling me these names. I mean, I'm telling you, again, where was this all taught? Again, through media, this is why I always point fingers at, of course, America and England. No, I'm not blaming, but I'm just telling you guys to ignore the bullshit that you see on TV. Regardless, all right, at the end of 2014, going into 2000, I'm sorry, at the end of 2013, going into 2014, these are when these thoughts started emerging. In August and September, I had to take another leap, and I said, you know what? You guys are undeserving of me. You guys are undeserving of everything I've been through. You guys are, un- I'm not learning a goddamn thing out here. I'm going to drive myself crazy if I stay any longer because these people are batshit racist. I can't stay here. So I left, but there was a specific moment in 2014. So in 2013 was courage. 2014 was suicide. That's it. See, a lot of you don't know that. But there was a moment that I had finished work. I applied to 50 goddamn jobs. Four of them replied. They say, give us a picture of you because they want to see if I'm black. And of course, I emailed them back. I said, I know exactly what you're trying to do. And I emailed them back a long paragraph. I said, boy, y'all better stop the bullshit. Because guess what? Who were the ones that were slaves? Who were the slave owners? The plantations, the hangings, the nooses, the, the what is it? The, the Willie Lynch. Let's talk about Willie Lynch's letter to all slave owners back in the 1700s. They don't want to talk about this bullshit. See, what you see on TV. Oh, baby, let's read what's in the real books. I'm talking about the real books, not the bullshit books. The real books. See, when we get down to brass tacks, where did they end up developing this bullshit idea that black people were just so bad? But you know what? It wasn't about me. I took it personal at the time. And I remember that specific day riding home. I had one hand on my chin. I had one hand on the moped. I remember I had one leg kicked up. One leg was kicked down. And I was in such a depressed state that if a car had come head on with me at that specific moment, I would have accepted my fate. That's what it was. (sighs) And you know what? Ten minutes later, I end up going to an internet cafe. The next thing you know, Sinbad. If you guys don't know him, he's an American comedian from like the 80s and 90s. He doesn't really show up around anymore, but he did a stand-up probably about X amount of years ago. I can't remember, like 2010. And so here I am laughing. I'm getting rid of all these nasty thoughts. And next thing you know, I got three replies. I got three replies from potential suitors. And I said, okay, this is actually going to work. Everything's going to be all right. But 2014 October, it lingered around and it hit me even harder. And I remember I was in the back of the taxi and this bullshit ass taxi driver wasn't even taking me to my destination because I couldn't even speak to the motherfucking rob me. I had to learn the hard way out here in this country. And boy, I remember I sent that message to my friend. I said, man, I just don't I just don't see anyone actually wanting me on this planet anymore. That's what I told him. That's the first time I've revealed this. So you, if you guys are listening right now or whenever you do listen to this, this is the first time I've revealed what I said in that text message to Andres Catala, which I've actually interviewed on my English language podcast. I said, I really don't feel loved on this planet anymore. That's what I told him. And you know what? He sent me a message back. He said, man, what the fuck are you talking about? 
He said, you got people back home loving, are you, wait, what? And he hurry up and sent that message to my mom, who I wasn't talking to at the time, because again, she was the one that ended up wanting to get out of my life, and then of course my family, the, uh, the, the siblings, boy, they've always hated me, they've always resented me, because I was the one that was always on fire with my desire, in terms of what I wanted to do with my life, and they did not have any purpose, and they still do not have purpose today, so I had to get the hell out of there. And you know what? That moment, I snapped out of it. Luckily, that was only a two-minute stay. But I snapped out of it as soon as I could. And I ended up getting a job. I ended up getting a second job. And so, yeah, 2014. Still tough. Still pretty tough. I'm going to be honest with you. Because, again... I ended up getting a job and then lingering into 2015. Of course, I was still bringing a little bit of that racial bullshit along with me. Yes, it was still pretty goddamn tough. But you know what? In the blink of an eye, I remember that I went to this company. Fuck it. It's called Marigot. Does it really matter? Not really. But they are the people who make Swarovski, the jewelry. Of course, from uh, Austria, if I'm not mistaken. I remember I went into that company. I went with this guy who's a pedophile. I do believe he's a pedophile. Um, and you know what? We'll get into that later. But from the Netherlands, okay, 50 years old, and these Thai women were like, Oh, teacher, oh, teacher, smiling at him, flattered. Even if they had husbands, they completely ignored me, even in the car, even my students. Guys, welcome to Thailand. Hey. Are a lot of countries like this? Perhaps. I know Japan's got problems. I know Korea, the China, and Asia's got issues with black folks. I'm just trying to keep it real. Now, I don't know. I think Singapore's way beyond that. Okay, big shout out to my Singaporeans. I think you guys are way beyond that. But I'm not so sure. I know that wherever I go in the world, the listen, the odds are stacked against me. And this is what makes life so goddamn exciting. Because when the odds are stacked against me, hell, I ain't got nothing to lose. I got nothing to lose. And so, hey, 2015 rolled around. I stuck it out. He quit. He wasn't getting any work because a lot of students were complaining about him. He got the hell out of there. I stuck things through. I had to show the bitch at my job. So what 2014 was, it was suicide. 2015 was the beginning. That's right. Because that's when I did my first ever Tough Mudder. I came back and I said, my goodness, I'm a Tough Mudder. I'm a goddamn tough mutter. I went through 20 kilometers of pure fucking hell to overcome myself out there in Melbourne, Australia. And you know what, my friend, she waited for me and I saw all these people. We were having fun. But guess what? When it was Arsenio versus Arsenio, Arsenio versus that mirror. Oh, yeah, that was it. Oh, there was no saving. There was no friend out there that was going to come and grab my arm. No, it was me versus me. And that's what I needed. That was the biggest thing ever because guess what? In this life, there isn't a goddamn soul that could save you. I don't give a damn what religion you're in. If you believe that God or whatever God it is you praise for and pray for, if you believe he's going to come, go on ahead and believe it. But guess what? You need to be a believer in you. You need to be a believer in you. Because guess what? No one else is going to believe in you. Guess? Okay, I got you. Yeah, I got it. You got your family. You got all that. Oh, fantastic. All right. I am very grateful at the same token. But you know what? Guys, what it comes down to, it's you versus you. When I did that Tough Mudder in 2015, I had to overcome the bullshit racism at that company and overcome these nasty-ass pedophile teachers. I realized that I was the GOAT. That I was the greatest of all time. 
That was the that was the end. Yes, that was the same year that they said that you, the black man, low class pimp, black people are dirty, black people look like they stink. Oh yeah, Thai women. Welcome, baby. Thai women. That's what they said to me. Racist as hell. Oh yeah. And you know what? I'm probably going to have to get that frame because guess what? That had to be the greatest saying that I've ever heard, read, or whatever you want to call it in my life. Because guess what? This is where I am today. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, thank you so much. Because that right there is love. That right there is scarcity within the mind. That right there is a misinformed child that was brought up with a monolithic perception of what reality isn't. Going into 2015, this book right here, Law of Success, Napoleon Hill. After reading all that, had a girl at Thai Airways. That's right, Thai Airways International. She works check-in over there at the main airport out here in Bangkok. She said, I'm going to get dangerous people to kick your face in. She said, I'm going to get, my father works for immigration. I'm going to get you blacklisted. I have no idea what she was talking about. I didn't know what the hell was going on. But these threats, I was like, oh, my God. I hurry up and turn to my Ugandan warrior. And I said, hey, man, look at this message. And I showed it to another another one of my friends. She's like, holy shit. And she was Thai. They were like, oh my god damn. What the? Who, who was that? Man, you must have found her in the back of Skid Row. Hell, this is stupid ass websites. I said, enough is enough. I'm done with this trash. I'm done with all this. I'm going to become what I want to see in the world. Napoleon Hill right here. He saved me right there. Bottom at the end of 2000 and, uh, what is that? At the end of 2015, probably two days just shy of New Year's. I still remember because I ended up doing a lot of research. I ended up doing a lot of reading in terms of what he provided me. And then I turned that into a podcast. Boom. 2016, this was the unraveling. Oh, yeah. This is the fourth year. This is the fourth year, baby. And this is when I started unraveling. This is when they were like at my job saying, hey, can you come work over here at Siam Cement, which is SCG, one of the biggest companies? Hey, can you teach TOEIC? I'll pay you this amount an hour. Oh, it was just fire. It was money on top of money. It was goodness on top of goodness. And all of that, it came to a halt later on because, again, I just wasn't going to be a slave. Let's put it that way. 2017 was the downfall into the new life. It was the downfall into the new life because I realized that in the terms of relationships and in terms of that whack-ass job I had, there was nothing else that that job could provide for me. Nothing. So I knew I had to get out of there. And guess what? Eric Thomas says, you know, or Steve Harvey, he said, you know what? It's that perfect moment where everything had to go bad to get you to take that first massive initial step. And that's what happened when Toshiba Thailand eliminated me. From working there through a subcontract of my company. And they said, oh, yeah, well, yeah, sorry, no more. uh, We don't want him anymore. And then I went in there. That British monster, he was like, oh, I don't think you're good enough. I don't think you're as good as you say you are. This head coordinator, as he would call himself, at my job. And right then and there, I saw that he considered me a threat for the job. He knew that I could get better scores and better results with my students on tests than he could. He said, I ain't going to give you these classes anymore because what I believe right now and what he was telling me, he's like, I don't think you could teach writing. And then I realized, I said, hold on, my students have been achieving 6.5 and 7s way higher than his students. What the fuck is he talking about? He's lying out of his teeth right now. But why is he lying? It's because he doesn't want me to take his work. See, guys, when you start laying out the goddamn, when you start laying out all the goddamn information, the goddamn 
goddamn facts. All right, had to get my country, get my country voice on. You gotta lay down these facts. All right, lay down the facts in terms of what people are actually saying and what's just pure fucking noise. I'm talking about noise. What is this noise that you're always hearing in your mind? It could be your mind speaking. It could be other people speaking. I'm talking about the bullshit that keeps on ringing over and over and over in your goddamn ear. Ah, ignore that noise. But the intuition, you got to go for that. Oh, yeah, you got to go for that. That intuition, boy, that was everything for me at the end of 2017. That intuition said, Arsenio, go home, apply for jobs. China got in contact. Honduras got in contact. A couple of other countries got in contact. Jobs out here in Thailand got in contact. I said, okay, we're going to get this done. I said, hey, okay, Arsenio, the universe likes action. What are you going to do? Get the fuck out of this province? I said, okay, deal. <laughs> found this condo. This one. Bam, bam, bam. This one I'm standing up in right now. I found this place. Oh, yeah. I came here for the interview. Two people. They work for this main place that uh, looks for tenants for the owners that have bought the condo. And so here I am, he shows me, and right when I walked in, I said, (gasps) and I said, right then and there, I said, this is it. I'm in love. This part of town, this condominium, the top, the pool, the gym, the everything about this place. And you know what? I landed the interview, and I said, oh, I'm going to get this interview. I hurry up and move without further hesitation. And you know what? Did I get that job? Nope. Now. I could go on and on and on to why I probably didn't get that job, but what I thought was the most perfect interview of my life ended up being a disaster. He just never called me. He never responded to my emails. Okay, cool. You probably heard that good old music. Yeah, why is she calling me right now? Through Instagram? Is she crazy? Anyways, okay. So, okay, we got to keep on going. I'm telling you, things are getting wild out here. Okay, we just got to focus. We've got to focus. All right, now, he didn't respond to me. I was trying to tell my students, and I kept saying, I said, oh, okay, Christmas is coming, though. He's going to respond to me after Christmas. And then I was like, no, 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 he's going to respond to me after New Year. And I remember I met this crazy little, oh, my God, this is like the worst. Oh, I don't even want to talk about that. That was just horrendous. When you meet someone and they're just, oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> I came back to work. It was, it was January 3rd. I said, oh, he's still going to respond. He's going to respond after this. And my student said, man, you need to stop. And I said, stop what? He said, you already know what happened. I said, what you mean by that? He said, they don't care. They, he's not going to respond, Arsenio. You got to move on. You got to keep your hustle game going, man. He said, you already know what the answer is. I said, oh, my God. My student, out of all people in terms of personal development, he's the one that had to tell me that, no, this is not it. He is not going to respond to you. And you know what? That was it. That was the beginning. That's when I ended up saying, okay, I'm going to move on, and that is the end. Oh, guys, I was still going to this job. And when I was going to this old job, oh, yeah, 2018, this was called, and this is what I'm going to call it, the coming out party, baby, because I was scared as hell. I said, where am I going to get my money? 
I said, oh my God, I ain't got a visa anymore. What am I supposed to do? Oh, damn, I got to leave this time, man. What if these motherfuckers stop me? They know they hate black people at the border. Oh my God, immigration. Oh my God, the government. Oh my God, man, this is going to be terrible. Oh, I just worry myself to death. And then next thing you know, positive mental attitude. Other books, other things. And I started connecting with people. I started connecting with the coaches, the mentors. And then I started doing interviews. And this is the coming out party in all eight categories of my circle of life. This is when life got very, very interesting. And this is when... I got so enthusiastic about what I was really doing in life. This is when I started opening doors for myself in my mind. I said, man, maybe I should write a book. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. And I ended up doing all of them. You know, I put everything into action. I said, baby, I ain't got shit to lose right now. There's no way you could stop me from what I'm trying to achieve right now. God damn it. I'm a lion. I'm not a gazelle. I am not average. I'm way above. And boy, that was it. That was the beginning. And so in 2019, yeah, 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 April, it was a little bit crazy. Yeah, you got the outside bullshit noise over there, of course. You know, in Thailand, you know, they hate black folks and all that. I don't give a damn. You still go give me what I tell you to give me. And they damn so, and they damn so do so. All right. You can say whatever you want. You can talk the mess all you want. I don't give a damn. It's been a very slow year in terms of, um, in terms of what I got going on, you know, out here. But you know what? In terms of everything that I'm pushing online, it's, it's really starting to come into fruition. Now, 2018, I said that this is going to be my production year. And I told myself that 2019 was my core year. This is where I wanted to start extending to a lot of different places out there around the globe. Not only that, but around here, too. So I said, OK. And so that's what I've been focusing on wholeheartedly. And guess what? Things are starting to change. And so, guys, what can, how can I sum this all up? 2013, it was the beginning, right? 2014, I was suicide. 2015 was the overcoming of myself. 2016 was the pinnacle. 2017 was the downfall of the new beginning. You know what I mean? 2018 was the scared straight leading into, okay, the production. And then this year was supposed to be my fire. And so it is. I mean, my podcast, everything that I'm linking up with right now, I love it. And I love the fact that these opportunities are just flowing in. It's no longer about white or black. And you know what's so great about the internet? The internet doesn't give a fuck if you're black, if you're white, if you're Muslim, if you're Christian. All it cares about is the attention. How much attention can you get from people? How can you help other people with your message? Yes, if you're there for entertainment purposes rather than actually helping people, by all means, a lot of people love entertainment. But at the same time, man, my legacy is going to be centered around helping push this humanity forward. Guys, what have I learned from this process? This entire process is when your back is up against the wall, you have to realize that this is the moment of, I don't know, reckoning or beckoning. This is the moment where you have to really just smile and say, oh yeah, this is it right here. This is what I'm really, really excited about because I know because I'm on the edge right now, if I fall back, I'm dead. But you know what? This is called living life on the edge. I'm not talking about crazy ass Everest people and those, those crazy ass paragliders out there in the sky wearing those ridiculous ass windsuits splattering all over the place. I'm talking about just saying, you know what, man? I love failure. And right now I'm probably going to be going right through this failure but what's it going to do for me? How is this going to unfold? How am I going to become a greater version of myself? See, this is what life 
is, people. So what I want you to do in going forward with everything you are doing in your life is to really just take center. Literally just take accountability for everything that you have in your life. Look at everything over the last five years, half decade, and say to yourself, oh, yeah, I like this. I like this right here. Because you know what? I've been seeing growth. Now, of course, am I getting a lot of results? Not necessarily. Maybe I'm still in a little production. Maybe I need to push it a little bit more. But at the same time, the same token, I see. I can connect the dots. And I see where I'm going. See, that's life. Six years in a country that's racially, uh, they're, they're racially implicit. Okay, they 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 are just, ra- they're open. What is it? Racially open. Well, whatever you want to call that. They are influenced by the nasty media out there in the Western world. And what I had to go through in terms of the insidious and malicious and the disgusting comments in terms of the women telling me how disgusting of a human being I am because I'm black. Look where I am now. Guys, you got to ignore the shit. I'm telling you right here, being an African-American, I remember Oprah said, oh, being an African-American, if you can make it in America, you can make it anywhere in the world. You a goddamn lie. Because guess what? In America, that don't mean shit. If you have something like me, a voice, something whereas you have a purpose and you're trying to inspire, people don't really give a damn if you're white or black in America. And you can really put them in their place very, very quickly. Yes, I know Arizona, they got some ugly ass folks out there. Yes, I know all through the Midwest, Texas, Nebraska, no offense to my Texas folks. I know you guys listen to me out there. Dallas and Houston, thank you so much. And I'm not talking about you. This doesn't relate to you. That's why you're listening to my podcast. But I'm talking about that these things are prevalent. These things are evident. I know I am not stupid. I see the craziness that is happening around this planet. But you know what? It's all about saying, Oprah, it doesn't matter if you're in America or if you're in Eastern Europe. That's right, Eastern Europe. I know how difficult it is for black folks. Hell, what happened with the British guy? He went over there to the British team, national team, went to, what is it, Montenegro? Boom, racism. How about the uh, the, the Duchess baby? Oh, my God, out there in England, they are showering them with calling, them, calling a baby an ape and a chimpanzee. I'm telling you, it's everywhere now. The world is being exposed to what they really are. That's what Gary V says. Guys, I'm on one of the most difficult continents to live as a colored individual. That's it. Now, I don't know about Singapore, okay? I've been to Malaysia. I haven't really encountered a goddamn thing out there. In Singapore, I've been there for a couple days, and I haven't experienced a damn thing. Now, I do believe that Singapore and Malaysia, they are completely, I'm talking about, far different from everyone else. But what I'm really trying to say is, is... When you put yourself in an environment such as this one and you flourish, you're unstoppable. Now, I'm not telling all of you right now. I'm not telling you guys to go out there to a really bad environment and just stick yourself and like force that back up against your wall. No, I'm just trying to say that a lot of you right now can't compare lives. But boy, if you actually put everything together, you got, a, you got it a lot better than a lot of people do on this planet. And you know what? When you could just harness all of that aggression to achieve perfection in whatever field of endeavor you are in, guys, I'm sorry, endeavor, whatever you want to call that pronunciation, bullshit, oh, you are going to achieve greatness. And like Les Brown always says, you have greatness within you. All of us, man, we are a one out of 400 trillion 
or is it four trillion? I don't give a damn. It's a one in the universe. It's a planet in the universe. That's the odds of becoming a human being. What is it that you are going to leave here on this planet? Man, I'm telling you guys right now, you need to take grasp of your life because I have. This is your host, Arsenio, as usual, over and out.